and amen. Hebrews chapter 7, I'd like for you to turn to today. Somebody said Hebrews was the proof that it's the man's responsibility to make coffee. But uh, I'm sure there's something less spiritual about it than that. Just testing to see if you're awake. About half of you got it. <laughs> Chapter 7, verse 19. Let's read it together. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh unto God. Amen. Draw nigh. That's the part I want to emphasize here today. This kind of weather, you want to draw nigh to a nice quilt or a nice heater. A good fire. Draw nigh. Draw nigh to God. Lots of things are taken care of. Lots of answers come forth. Lots of blessings are given. Far more, far more than drawing nigh any other entity, any other person, any other need. Thank God he ministers to us. Praise God. You can be seated. Now, I don't know how it can be put any more plain than to simply state the law made nothing perfect. I know there are those who want to hold on to uh, aspects of the law. In fact, that's why Galatians, uh, Paul uh, writing to the Galatians, he's, he's battling with the aspects of those who want to hold on to the law. You know, one thing to try to separate people from sin, from a lifestyle of, of wrongdoing, and then another thing to try to separate them from something that is not going to make them perfect in the first place. But there were those that Paul wrote to in Galatians that were adamantly holding on to, this is what we got to do, this is what we got to believe, this is how we got to live, and so on. And Paul says, no, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. And I suppose that applies to sin as well. Don't go back to that yoke. Don't go back to that bondage. It wasn't good. It wasn't fun. It wasn't pleasant. It wasn't satisfying. It wasn't joyful. It may have been for a season. And Moses recognized that. The pleasures of sin are only for a season. And then he recognized how important it is to walk in the power of God. And the signs and wonders that the Lord gave to Moses is pretty incredible. And uh, John 1.17 acknowledges the law came by Moses, but grace and truth, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Amen. And there's, again, that transition. Because the law made no one perfect. But praise God. We can have the power and the blessing of the Lord in Jesus Christ. The burning bush, however, was quite a phenomenon, very much a turning point 
in Moses' life. Uh, first 40 years of his life in Egypt, uh, second 40 years of his life in the backside of the desert, um, just, uh, I suppose, living a life that was uh, somewhat comfortable. I, I don't know. Being a shepherd, I, I doubt, is very comfortable when you're out in the elements and um, you're carrying your, your food with you and you build a fire every night and uh, put up your shelter and, and be vigilant, be on guard, be attentive um, every minute, basically. You know, those dumb sheep wandering around, wandering off, endangering themselves and all of that sort of thing. Uh, maybe it wasn't as pleasant and as satisfying as uh, some would make it to be. However, the end of that 40-year period came with the burning bush. Uh, the Lord can use dynamic things, sensational things, to get our attention. And there is also the still small voice that can whisper to our hearts uh, when all of the friends are gone, all of the circumstances have quieted down, and uh, we're just there with our thoughts and our recognition of things aren't going well. Life is not good. The situations are not improving. And we realize there's got to be something better. And thank God the Lord offers something way better. So the Lord got Moses' attention. That bush being on fire, but it not being consumed. And this dynamic and divine visitation of God to Moses brought out uh, how that the Lord was unveiling a plan for him. Ironically, the Lord said, draw not hither. Now, why did he say that? Moses saw that bush on fire and decided, I'm going to go see what's going on. I'm going to turn aside and see why that bush is not burned up, why it's not collapsing in ashes, why that the, 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 the flame just continues to go high. But when he arrived at the area of the bush, and he's, he's close to it now, the Lord says, draw not hither. The reason, I believe, is God did not want him to just think it was something sensational, something that happened by dry lightning, as we might, uh, we've had fires here on the peninsula because of dry lightning and so on. And uh, the, 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 of course, the Lord continued by telling him, put off your shoes, the ground that you're standing on is holy ground. He wanted him to understand, this is not, this is not just some idea here uh, that you can uh, observe a phenomenon and, and then just go on your merry way. This is something that he wanted him to understand of where he was and the revelation that would be given to him, I am that I am. It's not just semantics, it's not just words, it's not just a concept, but it's a reality of how great God is. He is dependent on nothing, he is existent on his own, and he will forever be, I am that I am. Praise God. I'm thankful for the experience that Moses had with the burning bush, because it put a burning within him. 
It put a passion within him for the things of God. Oh, I'm sure he acknowledged uh, the Lord. I'm sure that there were times of prayer. I'm sure that there was uh, the instances and aspects of recognizing how important it is to walk with the Lord. But thank God there would be the recognition as well of how important it is to follow after the Lord based on this burning bush. In fact, Later on in Deuteronomy 33 and 16, he would recall him that dwelt in the bush. Not just in the bush, but in this particular bush, this bush that was on fire, this bush that got his attention. He would remember the one that spoke to him, the one who provided for him and ministered through him. The ten plagues upon Pharaoh and Egypt, the journey through the Red Sea and through the wilderness and all of the blessings that God would bestow upon them. But time and time again, that Moses would have to draw nigh to the Lord. Moses would have to call upon the Lord again. Moses would have to seek the Lord again. Amen. And then on Mount Sinai, the thunder and the lightning, the smoke and the clouds, the trumpet and the earthquake, and, uh, sensational to be sure, and frightening uh, in, in the least. But Moses heard the law that was given uh, uh, by the Lord, and he received the tables of stone. Again, just amazing how the Lord would display his power in that manner. Exodus 32 and 16 tells us the tables were the work of God and the writing was the writing of God graven upon the tables. What, what a sensation that must have been. What an amazing sight uh, it, it had to be. Uh, I know Hollywood would give its version of it and the Ten Commandments and so on, and how, uh, oh, wow, that's amazing, uh, a laser, even before lasers were invented, but how God showed his power to Moses and how he was able to bring uh, this word unto the people. But what was going on with the people? Golden calf. <laughs> Pretty incredible how it can change that quick. That's why you've got to rely upon the Lord. That's why you've got to anchor in the word of God, because your heart is desperately wicked, deceitful above all things. And obviously, that's what was going on with Aaron and the rest of the people. They just were uh, intent on going another direction. When Moses came down from the mountain and saw what was going on, he broke those stone tablets. He ground the golden calf into powder, and he caused the people of God to once again turn their eyes upon the Lord. But now it was incumbent upon Moses to hew out the tables of stone himself and to carry them not only down the mountain but carry them back up the mountain and let God engrave upon them again and then bring them down to the people once more. Don't get tired of carrying the word of God in your heart. Don't become discouraged with having the word of God to be able to explain to others and show what God is able to do. Don't hold back on, uh, on, on the understanding of God's word is eternal. God's word is going to be forever. God's word will never fail. God's word will always come to pass. Hold on to that word and walk in the power of that word. Praise God. I'm thankful that Moses came down again from that mountain after 40 days. He had hewed those two 
tables of stone, carried them up, carried them back down, and praise God, he was holding on to what the Lord had given to him, and his face was shining when he came down. He had to put a veil over his face. Amen. Oh, I'm thankful God can manifest his power and his presence on your behalf. God can minister to you based on his word. God can show what he's able to do. When you believe him and trust him. Praise God. Now the law included the tabernacle. And Moses was given the plan for that tabernacle. The pattern upon which it would be built. And uh, it's just amazing to, uh, to consider how the cost and the items and the, uh, the materials and the collection of all of that took place. And uh, how the word of God reports the people gave more than enough. And the people were restrained from giving. You're giving too much. Hold off. Step back. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Fire fell from the Lord upon the sacrifices that were given. Praise God. I'm thankful that the glory of the Lord filled the temple. God wants to fill you. Amen. Fill you with his power. Fill you with his glory. Fill you with his spirit. Thank God that you are the temple now. It's not some tent flapping in the breeze. It's not some temple in a particular place that we all have to make a journey to, a pilgrimage to. No, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the power of the Lord to minister. And you can have the power of God manifest in your life and his fire fall upon you as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him. Praise God. But the law made nothing perfect. The law could not be kept in its entirety and completion. Uh, it, it could not be a, a perfection in terms of stepping out and saying, I've done everything that the law uh, commanded. I'm perfect. That didn't never happened. Jesus came to fulfill the law, not to destroy it. But when something is fulfilled, it's done away. It's done. It's completed. It's finished. And the New Testament then would be entered in. We know Paul could boast of his Hebrew standing. Philippians 3, he talks about being a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He, he declares himself to be a Pharisee. He says, I'm blameless concerning righteousness by the law. But thank God he wanted more. He desired more, and he was willing to open himself up to the revelation that the Lord gave to him. A burning bush, so to speak. A bright light that knocked him down on the Damascus Road. And a choice that was presented to him of what he was going to do. And thankfully, he asked the Lord, what do you want me to do? That's what it's got to come down to. Not what I decide, not what I think, not what religion says, not what my family's tradition is. Lord, what do you want me to do? And thank God there can be the completion and the direction of what God desires for your heart and for your life. The faith of Christ, which is the righteousness of God by faith. And we walk on with the Lord desiring more for what God is able to do. Because the eyes of the Lord, the Bible says, run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are perfect towards him. In other words, those who are seeking him, those are 
desiring him, those that are focused on him, he's going to show his strength. He's going to show his power. He's going to reveal his goodness. Oh, that we would have a heart that wants to draw nigh to God, that wants to continue closer to him, that wants to reach out for more of what God desires to bring into our lives. Praise God. David's hope was the Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. The Lord will step into my circumstances. The Lord will take care of my needs. And thank God we can reach out to the Lord and have his desire and his blessing in our lives. I'm thankful that there can be the hand of God to minister in our lives. Perfection is something that man focuses on. Perfection is something that is sought after in sports, uh, the Olympics, and, and uh, how that, that time is not measured in seconds, it's measured in tenths of a second in terms of determining the winner in swimming or any kind of race and so on. Uh, music, is, there's perfection that is sought after, the corporate world. But so often in spiritual things, it's, uh, oh well. Doesn't matter. God is understanding. God is merciful. God is love. He is all of those things. Otherwise, where would we be? There would be just harsh judgment. But thank God, the Lord brought a better hope. A better hope. Praise God. He talked about writing the law in their hearts. In both uh, Jeremiah and Ezekiel, that, uh, that effort is, is made mention of God writing in their hearts and recognizing there had to be something very personal, something very strong, something that would be long-lasting. But unfortunately, we know the history of Israel and Judah and how it, it, it drifted away. And all of the prophets that were sent, all of the words that were spoken, all of the writing that was done was to no avail. And they walked completely away. But thank God when the Lord put something in your heart, when the Lord desired to bring his word in your heart, it wasn't tables of stone. It was fleshly tables of the heart, so to speak. And how that the Lord would desire you to be in his presence, to draw nigh to him. Look at the contrast in Hebrews 12. We're not brought to a mount that is burning with fire like a tempest and a trumpet and a trembling and a terrifying experience that would come there. No, you are brought to the city of the living God. You are brought to the church of the firstborn. You are brought to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. Thank God that there are better things that God has intended for you. The law just being a schoolmaster. The law just being being one who would instruct in saying there's a better way. There's something greater that is coming. There's something more powerful that's going to take place. Jesus Christ is who you've got to keep your eye upon. And thank the Lord there would be that perfection. Now Hebrews is a unique book. It emphasizes how that Jesus is the testator of a new covenant. And the word better applies to a number of different situations. Obviously, a better hope, the anchor of the soul, sure and steadfast, a better 
testament, a better will, if you uh, want to uh, translate it that way. It comes into effect when the testator dies. And thank the Lord, Jesus paid the price on the cross. Jesus giving himself as the supreme sacrifice to make that testament even better. A better covenant a better promise, a better sacrifice, a better country, a better resurrection. It, it just goes on, and thank God, we always find what is better in the presence of the Lord. That's why the scripture says, draw nigh to him. It's going to be better. Draw nigh to him. It's going to be more complete. Draw nigh to him. It's going to be more powerful. Draw nigh to him because the covenant is going to last. It's not just words. It's not just something on paper that can be burned up or crumpled or forgotten. It's something that God would put in your mind. God would put in your heart. God would put in your very being. Amen. And we could be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is our reasonable service. Praise God. If Abraham uh, wanted to return to the country he had been called out of, he could have had a mind and a desire and an idea. I'm going to go back. I'm tired of this wandering. I'm tired of not knowing where I'm going. I'm going to go back to where I had it good, to where it would be uh, plentiful, to where it would be rich, and I, I could just do whatever I wanted to do. No, he was seeking what God had in store for him. He was desiring the things that God was bringing him into, and you and I are seeking a heavenly country. We're going to a place that is better. Hallelujah. And thank the Lord that Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And where I am, there you can be also. Thank the Lord. It's better. It's better. According to the law, you couldn't do much on the Sabbath. In fact, a man was stoned for picking up sticks, firewood, on the Sabbath. But I'm thankful that Jesus showed himself to be Lord of the Sabbath. And he healed on the Sabbath day. The man with the withered hand actually in the synagogue. Actually in the house of the Lord. And the Lord healed him right in that place. Why not? Praise God. The Lord desires to do good things. What the law could not do, Jesus stepped in and provided for that man with a withered hand, and he went home that day with both hands functional, both hands able to hold his loved ones, both hands able to function at work. Praise God. The man who was paralyzed at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years, the law could do nothing for him. But praise God, the Lord caused him to rise up and to take up his bed and walk. Praise God. The man born blind. We could go on and on. So many instances of the Lord doing a better work. The law could not do it. The law had a problem with that kind of thing happening on the Sabbath. Of course, they were hypocritical, and uh, they would rescue their animal. An ox fell in a ditch. They'd dig it out of there, and regardless it was the Sabbath, they'd take care of it. And we have reports today of a seal being rescued, of, uh, of any kind of uh, situation taking place of an animal being rescued. Why not rescue those who are hurting like the Lord did? Why not rescue those? 
those who are sick like the Lord did. Thank God he can do a work of redemption. He can do a work that is long lasting. He can do a work that is on the inside. Praise God. And the power of his blood being revealed. Oh, I'm thankful we can draw nigh to the Lord. A better hope. A hope that holds on to the word of God. A hope that is not ashamed, the Bible says, and moves us into that place where we can be anchored to the things of God. An anchor that would hold on to the promises of the Lord, coming closer to the Lord, not drawing away from him. That's what the devil wants you to do. That's what the devil desires and for you to, uh, no, let's not get so carried away here. No, you don't have to worship uh, in, in an extreme way. You don't have to commit yourself to the Lord that involves every area and every aspect of your life. You don't have to. But oh, thank God, we can push that kind of nonsense aside and determine I'm going to draw nigh to God. I'm going to draw nigh uh, today. I'm going to draw nigh tomorrow. I'm going to be closer to him next month. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to hold back. I'm not going to move away. I'm going to move closer to him. If it means getting farther away from sin, so be it. I'm going to draw closer to him because I don't want to drift away from him and move closer to the things of sin. No, I'm going to draw closer to the Lord. James chapter 4 verses 7 and 8 gives such pertinent instructions, instructions that are so good, so simple, so direct. Submit your yourself to God. Submit to God. Resist the devil. Draw nigh to God. He'll draw nigh to you. Praise God. I like that formula. I like the way that plan can be put into practice and we can know the hands and the power of God. Cleanse your hands. Purify your heart. Amen. That's the, that's the desire for the things of the Lord. That's the desire for walking closer to him. We're not just talking about the pandemic, you know, washing your hands all the time and all of that sort of thing. Purify your hearts. No, it's, it's a desire for the things of God. Because the Bible tells us the Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart. A broken heart uh, you know, that wasn't written by Shakespeare. That wasn't written by uh, the modern songwriters. That's in the word of God. The Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart. A broken heart because of the loss of something. Um, your house burns down and, and uh, there's treasures and, and uh, pictures and, and so on that uh, are irreplaceable. And you can have a, a broken heart because of that loss. You can have a broken heart because of um, a, a job being lost or a promotion or a bonus or something like that. I remember reading um, about a, a couple. He is a baseball player. And uh, his wife was lamenting how that they had to sign a contract that was in the 80 millions instead of the 90 millions that they were hoping for. Poor people, my goodness. But their heart was broken. Our heart's broken. Because we had to sign, I think it was 89 million instead of 94 million. Wow. A broken heart. People had a broken heart because of health. A broken heart because of losing a loved one. But the Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart. The Lord heals a broken heart. 
The Lord ministers to those who have a broken heart. Oh, I'm thankful that we have an answer in Jesus Christ. I'm thankful we can draw nigh to him and he will draw nigh to us. I'm thankful that we can know the power of the Lord to minister in our lives and in our hearts. Oh, you talk about drawing nigh to the Lord. You talk about being in the presence of God. I'm thankful that our trumpet is going to sound. Hallelujah. A voice is going going to uh, uh, be loud. There is going to be that sound from heaven. Praise God. And the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Why? Because God wants to draw nigh. Hallelujah. We which are alive and remain will be caught up together because the Lord says, come up hither. Hallelujah. He wants us to be in his presence. He wants us to draw nigh to him. And there will be that marriage supper of the Lamb. And the Bible says, blessed are they that are called to the marriage supper. Why? Because we're drawing nigh to the Lord. The Lord is declaring, I want you in my presence. Hallelujah. The bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, clean and white. The righteousness of the saints. Putting aside the things of this world. Getting rid of the things that would hold you back from walking in the presence of God. And bringing us into his power and his presence. Oh yes, blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Oh my, I'm thankful that we can read Revelation and understand those things. There may be some things we don't understand. Not sure how it's going to be fulfilled in the, in the uh, verses and chapters of Revelation, but I sure enough understand that. Praise God. I want to be in that place. I want to draw nigh to God. I want to move into the realm where we understand it's worth it to cast aside the garments of sin. It's worth it to cast aside the things that the devil tries to trap us, trap us with. And we put on the fine linen, clean and white, which is the righteousness of the saints. Amen. And put aside the things that are dirty. Put aside the things that are going to drag you down and move into the realm of his power and his presence because God says it's forever. Amen. I'm thankful we have an opportunity in church. We have an opportunity to hear the word of God. We have an opportunity to worship in his presence. But then we have to leave, get in our cold cars, and a uh, beautiful day, praise God, and drive home and fix a meal and, and think ahead to what's going to happen in the week. Ah, but oh, thank the Lord, this is going to be forever in his presence. This is not going to be a, a there for 10 years, 100 years, 1,000 a, a years, 10,000 years. No, it's going to be forever in his presence. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank God. Praise that will be raised to him forever. Thank God. We pray in this place. We've had prayer in this place. We've seen answers to prayer in this place. No prayers over there because there are no needs, no sickness, no pain, no tears, no death. <laughs> praise God. It's just going to be praise forever. It's just going to be exalting him forever. It's just going to be drawing nigh to him forever. Praise God. No wonder the psalmist wrote, it's good for me to draw near to God. Good for me to be in his presence. Good for me to know his power is so great. 
Amen. And then we get what is good forever. Oh, I want to be in the presence of the Lord forever. I want to know his touch and his blessing forever. I want to know his presence. Because the Bible tells us that in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy at his right hand. Pleasures forevermore. Praise God. Oh, what a promise. Psalm 1611, underline it in your Bible. Praise God. It's wonderful. It's powerful. It's great. Because we know God desires to draw nigh to us. You know, that's why he came. That's why he was born in Bethlehem. That's why he lived on the world he spoke into existence for more than 33 years. That's why he hung on a cross between heaven and earth. Because he wanted to bridge that gap. Because he wanted to make a way. Because he wanted to open the door. Because he wanted to bring forth the opportunity for us to be in his presence forevermore. Praise God. Oh, I'm thankful we can hold on to those promises and know how real it is. Amen. To be baptized in the precious name of Jesus Christ is to move us into his presence and have the power of his name applied over our lives, over our home, over our families. Praise God. And to receive his spirit within us, speaking in other tongues, because that is the divine sign of God's abiding power and presence. Thank the Lord. That's what we can receive again and again. Amen. And know we're in the presence of the Lord. We feel his power. We know his goodness. His, his strength is there. His word is powerful. It is going to come to pass. It is forever. Praise God. Stand with me, please. Oh, I want to draw nigh to him. Thank the Lord. A better hope. A better promise. A better sacrifice. All the applications of that word better. A good study for you to do in the book of Hebrews. Thank the Lord. Because that's what God can do. He can make things better. He can make your life better. He can make your situations better. Praise God. And thank the Lord. He does it when we draw nigh to him. Let's do that right now. Let's go ahead and come to the front here and be able to draw nigh to him. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. A trap is hidden. A trap is obscured. A trapper uh, trapping for, for animals or vermin, varmints, whatever. He knows how to bait that trap. He knows how to disguise it. He knows how to hide it. The devil does the same thing. The devil knows how to hide the trap. The devil knows how to bait it. He knows how to make it seem so attractive, so beneficial, so exactly what you need. 
and then snap the trap is sprung and the animal is captured the devil does the same thing to us but God has something better something far better thank God we can put our trust in him thank God we can rely upon him amen let's make sure the devil's not trapping us in the false allurement and false uh, opportunities oh no but we reach out for the things of God so much better can we call on the Lord together right now can we ask the Lord to minister to us right now oh Savior we thank you Lord